Good evening, everyone. Welcome along to another edition of the VCO Esports Studio. I'm back after a week off. Uh, thank you very much to the boss man, uh, Florin Hasper, for holding the fort whilst I got my times wrong. Uh, well, I'm grateful to be back with you guys. And uh, as you may have seen following our VCO YouTube channel over the weekend, it's been a very big weekend for the races on ACC and more specifically, the SimGrid VCO uh, World Cup, uh, which held its second round with a 24-hour race at Spa-Francorchamps. Now, we've seen 24-hour races in lots of different platforms, but this high profile on ACC, probably a brave new world. Uh, and the man kind of behind it uh, is the founder uh, of SimGrid and the founder of Coach Dave and professional racing driver, uh, David Perros, who joins us now, and it's great to have David with us uh, because we're going to talk a little bit about your history, David, but also um, about obviously SimGrid and, and all of the things that you are doing uh, with ACC. It's great to have you along. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Ben. Uh, nice to like officially meet you, I would suppose. And uh, yeah, we had a really awesome race this weekend. I was having to do sort of uh, two things at once. I was doing real racing at the same time as the uh, the World Cup was going on, so uh, it was a pretty busy time for me this last weekend. Uh, let's just put you into context for those people who perhaps don't necessarily know uh, of who you are and, and your history in motorsport. I know you as a professional racing driver through and through, basically. Yeah, so um, I have a sort of mixed career. Um, when I was younger and I was trying to get into karting, uh, I lived really far from the racetrack and didn't really get to do much practice in a real life kart. So I figured out already when I was like in my early, very early teens that I could use a, uh, a racing game to learn how to become a better real racing driver. Um, and already since then, early 2000s, I've been really passionate about sort of the crossover between sim racing and real racing. Um, I had a seven year gap between my karting and GT career where I didn't do any real life racing and used the simulator basically to keep myself sort of sharp. And when I came into GT racing, um, it sort of clicked, not almost instantly, but very quickly. And I attribute that just to the amount of time I spent uh, in the virtual world. So I've always had this really okay, so strong connection. And Sorry, go for it. Back in those days, what were the platforms and games that you were using to keep yourself sharp? Oh yeah, so it started first with like the early F1 games on PlayStation and then Gran Turismo was a massive, uh, had a massive effect on my life, a massive influence, if you will. Um, the first sort of racing platform that I built was focused on Gran Turismo. It was called GT Playground, where people could compare lap times and you'd upload your replays to my website and so on. And that was selfishly built so that I could see if I was the best in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then on the side, uh, R-Factor, GTR2, uh, Netcar Pro, those to me were just incredible games or sims, if you will. So from very early days, then you've also had an involvement in kind of building websites, coding, and the kind of the back end of of creating these yeah. platforms. Yeah, um, because my brother and I, when we were karting, we had to pay for it ourselves. So we started a business when we left school um, in an effort to pay for all racing and that was on the tech side so it started with building like the mom and pop stores um, and i learned design by designing my race helmet in paint and then moving into a design software called fireworks which then led me to website design and as a result of that uh, learned how to develop websites and the first website that i developed myself entirely design and development was this gt playground 
website and was okay. before there was such a thing as social media. So it didn't get as much traction as I would have liked. Um, but I always had this idea in my mind that if I finished my racing career, I would go back to tech, um, but it came much quicker because of COVID and that tech that I wanted to build was something in sim racing. Yeah, because really, uh, as a player in this kind of world of organisation, it's only since COVID where Coach Dave has appeared and then SimGrid. Um, why not before that point? Or has it just been this catalyst of different things that have all come together? The, the reason why I didn't do it before was simply because I wanted to focus on my racing career. Um, I'd sort of just become a professional. I was in my second or third year into being paid as a racing driver. Um, and that's sort of been my dream my whole life to one, be paid as a racing driver to race for Ferrari and three, get to Le Mans. And that was my focus. Um, but when COVID hit, I realized that in terms of a long lasting career to sort of make enough money for the rest of my life, racing was never going to fulfill that. Um, so I needed to start a business and it was literally like a few days after lockdown or maybe even the same weekend where the world started to lock down when I saw the, uh, um, the, not the real F1 race or something held by Veloci yeah. esports. I thought, oh my God, this is the moment where I, now is the time to build something. And, um, I immediately, I was in Germany at the time i left Germany, came back to England where I live in London and, uh, just sat and created a website. First coach Dave Academy, um, in tandem with uh, someone who works for me full time now called uh, James Parker. We we built, I built the website and he designed some car setups for ACC, and then I used the money that we were making from that to to found the the SimGrid, um, which was always my ultimate goal. The the setup thing I never expected to be a sustainable business, which it has definitely become. Um, I always wanted to create another GT playground, if you will. Um, and it was the SimGrid. So that's where we are today with the World Cup and so on. So the the Coach Dave Academy was kind of a necessity, wasn't it? Because you suddenly uh, on ACC, thanks to SRO, had this influx of professional racing drivers who had limited experience on sim racing. You had the experience yeah. on sim racing. And they were on such a high profile platform at that point that they needed to be as fast as possible. And you were that key. Yes. Yeah, I, I am. Um, it was completely unexpected. I'd done a little bit of um, sort of sim racing coaching uh, over the years, be, uh, over about a 12 month period prior, but quietly. It was just through my YouTube channel and a little bit of exposure that I got from my viewers. And I was coaching mostly in Gran Turismo Sport. Um, but I did see that there was an opportunity with ACC. There was a a player base or an audience which was being unattended to. You know, there's a lot of interest with iRacing and a lot of interest with Gran Turismo Sport and ACC kind of sat in this awkward middle space which deserved the attention, some attention for creating a game which I think has the best physics engine um, and a really great experience when you're playing it. Um, and I was just, I was lucky that I had experience uh, as a sort of developer in the technology space, web tech, um, experience from real racing and experience from sim racing that I could kind of put it together in a way that it came across well. And then uh, it was just surreal how the, the explosion that we managed to get in terms of, uh, it, you know, brand exposure and so on. And I coached some just crazy people. I, I would get calls from Jean-Eric Verne, Charles Leclerc, Zach Brown from McLaren, um, 
providing setups to Jensen Button. It was just a bizarre period. I think for everyone, though, we all got to experience a, a surreal moment um, during that period in sim racing, which we just never thought would happen. I think the craziest of all of it was I was a Ferrari factory driver for the virtual Lamar series. I mean, that was just never <laughs> in my wildest dreams, never in my wildest dreams that I think that I would be wearing a Ferrari factory shirt in the Ferrari museum playing a racing game. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. So in terms of your career highlights so far, uh, I imagine having that esports link must be incredibly important for you, knowing that you've had so many years where you were simply racing games and you weren't racing in real life. So was that virtual Le Mans really special for you? Uh, it, was, it was, to me, I mean, I used to get laughed at all the time for saying that you could use a simulator to be a better racing driver. Like really did my whole life, but I backed it 100%. I had 100% belief in it. Um, and that Ferrari opportunity, well, that opportunity with Ferrari, uh, it didn't just land on my lap. They put me through a pretty intense shootout against other real racing drivers in their academy, including Mick Schumacher, Fittipaldi, James Collado, like really big names. We had to do a shootout, multiple shootouts actually, before they chose me to represent them at this virtual race. Um, wow. And for me, it was just, it was a dream, not just to uh, race for Ferrari, but to, to see that sim racing was getting legitimized, if you will. And from one of the biggest brands yeah. in the world, it was a combination of just crazy things, which sort of made it really awesome. And what's kind of continued, and I guess has helped you still, is that uh, we spoke a couple of weeks ago to the boss of uh, SRO Esports um, and yeah. the embracing that they've had. Okay, they've got their own platform and it's a lot easier for them to do that. But they've embraced it so much that they're offering points to the teams yeah. uh, for the on-site events. That, uh, have you taken part in the first one? I, I'm not sure. I can't remember if you were in that one or not. Unfortunately not. I um, I had to compete in a European Le Mans race, um, which was a clash ah. on the same date. Still not sure how they yeah. managed to work that one out. You know, the first race of the year for both series <laughs> and they couldn't find a week where, you know, things didn't clash. But anyway, I will be at the next one. Whether or not I'll actually compete myself is not clear because we provide the technology for the championship platform. So I don't know if there's a conflict there. I would like to compete, of course. Um, I do believe I would be competitive, not super competitive at the moment, because the irony of running a sim racing business is how little time I have to, for sim racing itself. <laughs> but um, I would still like to compete. <laughs> now, the whole model, the whole build of ACC seems to have opened up an opportunity for SimGrid because there are platforms that are very, very, very good physics wise and useless at competing multiplayer. There are others that are very, very good at competing multiplayer and not necessarily as realistic with a platform. And an ACC seems to fit in the middle ground of being a very, very realistic platform, but they didn't nail the ability to just jump in and jump into a race. And that's where SimGrid is filling that hole, right? Yeah, that was, that was honestly it. I came initially, I mean, I've played PC Sims and PlayStation Sims, but for me, the one I played the most because of my time schedule was Gran Turismo because I could just... At any time of the day, there was, an, there was a race that I could enter and relatively easy to just pick up the wheel and, and go. And I, it, was, it was a surprise to me that ACC lacked that element. So that's what I wanted to fill with the SimGrid. I wanted to sort of, at the time, 
I mean, the dream's gone a bit bigger, but at the time, my aim was to make it as easy as possible for anyone to race against another person on ACC and um, also create the most high quality, uh, professionally organized events that, that we had seen. Because up until that point, um, most of the events were sort of powered by donations and volunteers and stuff. And um, I really want to change that. I want to turn this into a business, not just for me, but for everyone. So now the, the dream of that is more a sense of, I want to create a platform which justifies the possibility for a sim racer to make a living off competition with the right amount of prize money and sponsorship and so on. So yeah, initially it was just, why can't I find a race at every hour of the day, which I can find on other platforms. So we went ahead and tried to build that, which we have now, because we have a daily racing platform on the sim grid, which is like more targeted between for amateur players, if you will, who want to get used to the game. And then if they get good at that, they can start entering our events or other events on other in other communities, ACC communities. And how ergonomic and how easy is it to use the uh, SimGrid platform as an amateur? Uh, because ultimately for me, as somebody jumped into ACC, I found it quite hard to find people to race against um, in yeah. the game itself. So do you just log onto your website, press and click, and it logs into the game itself? How does it work? Um, I wish. Uh, my dream is so that when <laughs> the multiplayer goes to a SimGrid interface, but right now that's not, not possible. What happens is in, we have a website, which is thesimgrid.com, and there's a daily link. Um, and then we list races, three types of races that run every hour, and uh, you can register for them. You have to have a Discord account, which is actually pretty common in this, the gaming world to have Discord is a relatively low barrier to entry, but it means you don't have to register with your email address or anything. So it's one click to register. And then we use a bot to tell you when your race is starting in the server details. Then you have to log on to ACC, enter in the server details, and you can go. I wish that one day we can just say enter race and it either fires up ACC or vice versa. You're in ACC and it just fires up a sim grid race. Um, that's a dream that I'm trying to <laughs> get integrated into ACC. I don't know how long or whether we'll be able to achieve that, but let's just say I'm emailing them all the time about that. Yeah, I mean, exactly. There is surely an end goal here where Kunos sees how well you are doing and there is a marriage of two very good ideas as one, um, you know, because ACC isn't open like a set of Corsa was, and it doesn't allow you to just do anything and everything. Because I know that you can do that kind of thing with AC, but but as a locked platform, ACC for the moment, I imagine you need the uh, you need some back scratching from Kunos. Yes, yes. So I mean, look, SimGrid is growing considerably well. Um, we have close to twenty thousand registered users, and on a daily basis, up to ten percent of the daily active user base of ACC takes part in one of our races and our daily race or professional events. So we are generating some influence, but we just have to be patient. The beautiful thing about Kunos is how open they are to, uh, to their community and letting people develop on top of their platform. That's very unique. So I'm pretty sure that they're being very wary. They, would, they don't want to just focus, as they say, on the SimGrid, but there's other communities like uh, RCI and so on, which they just want to give as much freedom to the developers as possible. Um, so, you know, I understand their approach entirely um, from a fan and sort of player's point of view, 
from a personal point of view and a business point of view, you know, I just hope that one day the sim grid can represent racing as much as possible and be used by multiple platforms, ideally, um, because that's what I want. I sort of want to make, I want to lower the barrier to entry for sim racing as much as possible. SimGrid is one step in that direction, but there's many other ideas on top of that, which I hope we can build upon so that sim racing becomes much more broadly recognized in the esports world. And we see many more esports players and we see stadiums full of fans watching sim races compete against each other. How important is it to have your uh, headline events, the VCO World, World Cup? Is that a promotional tool to get the best players from ACC in the world to talk about SimGrid and also then be promoting the platform as a whole? It's It goes both ways. I would, you know, I definitely wouldn't do it if I didn't see that there was a commercial benefit for the SimGrid. But I'm also sort of, I want to find or create a platform which again justifies teams and drivers spending the hours and hours that they do competing in sim racing. Um, I want us to yeah. find a star or a team which becomes bigger than the esports itself. You know, you see that in League of Legends, you see that in uh, Call of Duty and so on, and we haven't quite seen that yet in the sim racing world. So it goes both ways. I would like to find a star from the esports or sim racing world that gets bigger than sim racing itself. But at the same time, I'm fully aware, and I wouldn't do this if there wasn't a commercial benefit to the brand exposure that the SimGrid has gotten. Um, people maybe don't know, but the SimGrid is only eight months old or nine months old, sorry. Well, so, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Where does VCO fit into all this? And why is VCO a partner uh, with you guys? I first discovered uh, the VCO by watching some R-Factor stuff and also their, their Nürburgring stuff on uh, iRacing. And it looked, they looked so professional. Um, and I thought to myself, wow, that's what I want the SimGrid to be like, you know? I want the SimGrid to have a brand like, a brand presence like VCO. Um, and then I got introduced to Florian who runs and owns the VCO um, by some of the guys in ACC. And uh, yeah, we, we, we got into a call to discuss ideas and stuff. And honestly, we just hit it off. That went on for a long time. Yeah, we were finishing our sentences. It, it was, it was the, the call didn't end. The call would not end. And um, he afterwards, he, he, he messaged me a proposal about an idea that he wanted to run on ACC. And I said to Florin, I said, look, that's exactly what we have already planned out called the World Cup, uh, SimGrid World Cup. Do you want to partner with us there? And he said, yes. And uh, as a result of that, we're now in a position where we sort of have created this awesome championship which runs for the whole year which has at this moment in time the biggest prize pool in acc and i'm super proud to have them on board i'm super proud to have our name next to their name so it's really cool i mean you could have done it more simply surely running 12 hour and 24 hour races on a platform that hasn't got the uh the the the, the longevity i don't think i've seen anyone run a 24 hour race uh, without you know little glitches here and there and that yeah. you went full in and seems to have worked yeah technology wise um i was pretty nervous initially um i have a, a phenomenal team who runs the SimGrid operationally headed by uh, michael hamlet and josh martin um, josh is more on the commercial side and hamlet is operational and making sure everything is is working um, we use uh, cloud-based servers 
which I was initially very nervous of. I thought we needed one dedicated box just focused on the 24 hour race. Um, but we stress tested everything last year. We did have a World Cup last year, but sort of relatively quietly um, in terms of promotion and stuff, just to see what could we could withstand. And touch wood, we've had relatively speaking very few issues on our technology platform when it comes to hosting these longer races. It's still nerve wracking. I got to be honest, when the race was starting on Saturday, uh, I was at an ELMS race, a European Lamar race, and having to focus on qualifying. And we had the Simgrid <laughs> World Cup starting at the same time. And I was praying that these servers would stay up. Um, and they, they did. They run beautifully well. Um, and I think we were the first or second uh, sort of ACC organization to run a 24-hour race last year. And when we saw that success, we were much more confident for this one. And it did. It went really smoothly. Yeah, and there will be another one, I think, uh, an SRO-sanctioned one uh, in the middle of the year, which is kind of uh, the, I don't know if you can call it the official one, but uh, either way, that will be happening again. Um, what was really interesting for me is seeing sim racers having to adjust because on other platforms uh, and uh, the, the endurance element is so well predicted, it's so well calculated, sim drivers have so much time to practice, they get their setup mm. nailed and they get lap times nailed, there's no safety cars, there's very little in terms of yellow flags, there are very little, in a really professional kind of top split, there is hardly any thing that is not yeah. predicted. Whereas in ACC, whoo, that weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when we first ran out Spa 24 last year, the test one, um, we wanted it to rain and we couldn't wait. Like the way that we calibrated the weather settings was, it was meant to be utter hell for them. And it was bone dry, bone dry <laughs> so for the whole race. And so it was kind of boring. And this time it went the other way. It was 20 one hours of rain i think or 20 hours of rain throughout the the race and to be honest with you i had some people complain but i said yeah but that that's two hours less than the real spa 24 from last year that i competed in we had 22 hours of rain last year <laughs> um but honestly if i could if we could rather i would like to have had a little bit more a little bit more variables in these races i wish there was a full course yellow or safety car element we are debating how we sort of introduce that with a you know an official's car which is yellow which becomes the safety car and we communicate somehow to the teams that there will be a safety car at random times in the race depending on some variables which justify it um just something to open it up a bit more because in real life we do have these variables which play a massive role in the results whereas in sim racing it's a different discipline entirely it's very much down to perfection and banging in those laps, minimizing mistakes to the nth degree. Um, but it also removes a little bit of, I would say, unpredictability for viewers, you know. So I wish that there was a little bit more that we could play with um, in all of these uh, these uh, simulators where we could introduce a bit more of the real life unpredictability, which some races hate, by the way. They hate it if you say that it's yeah. going to be a dry race and it ends up being a wet race. They they get really upset because they've tried to perfect, and that's the discipline of sim racing, they've tried to perfect those conditions and maximize every single lap. Um, but I believe, in my opinion, and you know, not everyone agrees with me, but in endurance racing, we do need that element of unpredictability because what defines a good real, uh, what defines a racing driver 
in real life, a good one, is their ability to adapt to the conditions and to the outcome of a safety console. So I want to see some races get used to that idea as well. I am absolutely in your world with that one. I've, I've spent <laughs> hours debating with various sim races for exactly that same thing. So very glad to hear that SimGrid will be going down that, uh, down that road. And uh, I understand you're a partner also of the up and coming VCO, uh, what, do we, what do we call it in the end, the World Series? I can't remember what it's called, the GWPC, yeah. GW, yeah, something like that. Anyway, you're, you're involved in that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to hopefully provide the technology for ACC, the, the championship platform, if you will. Um, we did discuss how we could do it for the whole series, but, you know, for all the simulated software that they're going to be using, iRacing and so on. But it just wasn't possible. Practically speaking, it's not possible yet. Um, it is a dream of mine that we will expand, expand to other platforms. But for now, we'll just focus on the ACC side and hopefully put on a an awesome event with our broadcasting team and, and so on. We all, we're working on some cool things for broadcasting as well, which I unfortunately can't give away much of, but I hope that oh. our tech for that will be ready for this new series by VCO. Awesome, looking forward to that. I love a bit of broadcast tech. That's definitely down my street. Uh, crap at racing myself, but broadcast, I can, think I can do a little bit. Um, David, I'm looking forward <laughs> to meeting you in person uh, in uh, Paul Rico in a couple of days. Um, and uh, is it this weekend coming? Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? Next no, weekend. next weekend. Next weekend. Yes, um, yes. And uh, yeah, see you in the real world. Um, and thanks very much for joining us in the virtual. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. As you know, everyone, uh, 8 o'clock on Monday is VCO Esports Studio. Uh, never know who the guest is going to be. It's always a bit of a surprise. It's always a bit of a knee-jerk to what's happened at the weekend. And there's plenty of finals going on uh, even tonight on the VCO channel. Uh, so make sure you tune in for the GT Pro series. Uh, and I think the BMW um, Sim Racing Cup is also having its final round, the CS Cup uh, on R Factor 2. Um, the other one on iRacing is already finished. We've got our champions from there. So plenty to keep uh, you entertained until next Monday. Bye-bye.